So you guys ready for the word this morning? Look to the person next to you and tell them, oh, you look nice. I'll try my best to keep this sermon under an hour and a half because obviously with the heat, usually it would have been two hours, so let's get going. Yeah, there's grace. And And I'll try and keep it. Oh, thanks. Wow. Yeah. Special treatment. Hey, guys. Okay. Let me not get carried away. You know, I want to, well, I actually said it in the first service. Did you come hungry and thirsty this morning? Now, obviously, with the second service, I'm just going to change it and say, did you come excited and expectant this morning? Because I don't want you to think about food at this stage. No, no. We're going to get filled by the word of God. Amen. You know, I love out of Isaiah 55 declares that God's word will not return void, but will accomplish what it has been set out to be. Amen. So I want to say to you, so when God's word is sent, it is set. No U-turns, no coming back. When God's word is sent out, it is set in stone, if I can say it like that. You see, because God's word, when, when it is sent, it has a purpose. God's word has a destiny. God's word has a power. God's word has an opportunity. Can you get excited? Hey, God's word has the authority in Jesus' mighty name. But here's the thing, it's up to you. It's up to you this morning how your hearts will receive the word, how you will apply it into your lives, how you will put your hands to the task. But here's the thing, when God's word is is sent, it is set. It cannot and it will never return void. I love the prophet Isaiah, when he prophesied 700 years later, Christ was born. So what I've realized in that is don't let people prophesy things over you too much because you might be able to wait 700 years for it. But when you pray for things, and we'll get to that, when you pray for things, it might be sooner. Amen. Anyway, there's nothing wrong prophesying for people. Come on. But here's my thing. You know, God's word has the power to break strongholds, to break bondages. God's word has the power to heal. God's word has the, the power to breathe life into dry bones again. Come on, we were all. God's word has the power to remove our iniquities. Come on. And here's my favorite one. God's word has the power to create an anointing. To release that anointing of God. To move mountains. To restore. To bring back. To give us victory. Does it make sense what I'm trying to say? So I want to say to you, God's word sets you up for something. And things is going to happen. Look to the person next to you and tell them, things is going to happen. See, here's my thing, my, my theme, and it, it's, it's quite childish of me to, to do that. But my theme or my title for today's message is, get ready, set and go. You know, the thing is, when you open up your Bible, you're getting ready to get into the Word. There must be expectation, there must be excitement in you, because when you open up the book of life, there must be something in there for you. I haven't counted the pages myself, but there must be something in there for you. Something that can change or move or alter your thinking maybe a bit. So when we get ready, when we open up to the Word, it sets 
us up for something. And here's the thing where some of us are faltering a bit. It also says go. Go and do that. Believe it. Have faith in the word. Trust it. Rely on it with everything you have. Amen. Because the word is also called, and allow the Holy Spirit to guide and lead you because the Holy Spirit is called, also called the spirit of truth. Amen. So this is where our faith is activated when we start getting into the word of God. When we believe the word, when we apply the word, when we trust the word in our lives. And that's where we can start walking in God's righteousness. Amen. That's that small word that actually means so much. That's that hope we can have in Christ Jesus. That listen, through Christ, anything is possible. Come on. So I want to say things, your things are set in motion when it aligns with God's word. Amen. It cannot return void. And it's at this moment, you know what, this is where I get a little bit excited. Excuse me, I'm still young, so I'm, I'm allowed to jump up and down and like Pastor Larry also. But here's the thing, is that moment when I start trusting the word, believing it, applying it, that I know there's no distance from this earth to the heaven where God can hear our prayers, amen? There's no distance in that. There's nothing blocking it. Now, let me say something to you. Many times in my life, I prayed for things which I didn't receive. I can't remember how I said it in the first time, but, but here's, here's what I want to say. When I start praying and the Word of God and my prayers align, things happen. Because when I pray for myself, I'm going to pray out of the attitude of wanting. I would like to have this. And although God will supply all our needs according to his riches, there's still, there's still that small piece of me that, that's going for the want. But when we apply the word, what we need, and in our prayers, and it, and it connects with each other, it's a unity that cannot be broken. It cannot come back. It cannot return void. Are you making sense what I'm trying to say? So one, listen to uh, Colossians, Colossians, Colossians. One, Colossians. Oh, come on. Colossians 1, verse 19 and 20. I made it. And it says here, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. And it says here in verse 20, And through him to reconcile to himself, what is saying there? All things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his bloodshed on the cross. So all your things, whatever it may be, if it's connected to God's word, there's something going to happen. That, that relative, that family member that we're trusting for salvation, come on, they're still in there. And amazingly, there's so many that I can take out in the last few months. So it shows us there's that hunger that people really want to follow Christ. They just don't have someone yet. But we'll make sure that there'll be laborers in the field. Amen. So here's my thing. My prayer for you this morning is that your needs, your things... Your spiritual needs will be met this morning by the word of God. 
but to that extent that it will overflow out of you. Now, here's the thing. When God fills you, when he fills your cup, he, he doesn't fill it halfway or three quarters or just quarter. He fills your cup so it overflows. And my prayer for you this morning is as you receive the word, that cup will overflow, but it will overflow so it can affect and you can have enough that abundance to share with people in your, la- in your lives. That it will touch them as well. S- sometimes we say it's that fire of God, you know, for you to be on fire for God. Amen. So that your cup will overflow and there's abundance out of which you can share. You know, if we're empty, we don't really have anything to share. Then we, wanna, we need to be filled first. But when you overflow, oh, oh, then things start to change. There's that excitement. There's that uh, almost like, a, uh, what's the word? Electricity. It's like a conduit, you know. It's, uh, I can't get on the word. Tangible. A channel, yeah, yeah. Amen. So let's get into the word this morning. Yeah, you thought I was busy with my preach. No, this is just the intro. Look to the presentation and say, I'm sure it's going to get better. It's not his first time, hopefully. So listen, we've, we've, we had this amazing series called the, Our Great Shepherd. And uh, if you've missed on one of our previous uh, weeks, you're welcome to go on to YouTube. And uh, just to give you a, a quick recap, so week one, Pastor Larry, Pastor Larry spoke about God's abundance in every area of our life and how God supplies us abundantly. And then week two, Pastor William spoke about also the great shepherd, how he um, supplies and restores our needs. And then last week we had Pastor Tony here that spoke about the different characteristics of God found in Psalm 23. And then today I'll be wrapping up the series, God willingly. Amen. So let's get into our scripture. Um, I'm going to read it twice for you. The one is uh, Hebrews 13 verses 20 and 21. And the next one I'd like to read out of the TPT. But it says here, Now may the God of peace, say peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Christ, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So the next one out of the TPT, and I just love it. Um, it's just got a, sometimes a different dynamic for me personally. Um, and I'd like to share this with you. So it says now in verse 20, it says, May the God who brought us peace. So here's the thing. You can't create your own peace. It needs to come from somewhere. Now your mother-in-law can give you peace, but do you really want that? No. Your kids can bring you peace sometimes. Do you want that? No, no, no. You don't want that peace. You want God's peace. Amen? So it says, Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock, and by the power of the blood, the eternal covenant. Right. Verse 21 says, May he work perfection in every part of you. How many of you would agree with me? Yes, we believers and we're walking, we're trying our best to walk the right road, but we still have work every day to Jesus to work in us. There's still an aspect in my life where I need, where I can do better. Well, aspects, sorry, not just one. There are quite a few. But it says here, may work perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need. 
So when Jesus is our source, it's going to be the right person giving you and equipping you for the things that need to be done. Amen? And for what does he want to give us things? It says here, to fulfill your destiny. I tell you what, when you step into your destiny, and if you are not yet, it's going to be life-changing. You're going to change the people around your lives. It's the most fulfilling thing that knowing that you are walking in the ways of God, that God has ordered your footsteps. And apart from that, it actually gives you a little bit of confidence and boldness. Hey, God is ordering my steps today, and I can walk it. And, and also, I'm, I'm standing here out of the point of victory. I've lost my whole life before I got born again, and now I'm a victor in Christ, not a victim in Christ. Amen. So it says here, to fulfill your destiny, and may he express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your life union. Guys, my, my biggest, uh, what, how can I say it, is really to walk in a pleasing and excellent way in Christ. I'm far from it, but that's my desire. And it's, can you imagine if each and every person in this country start walking with that excellent, being excellent and pleasing to God? Yes, we see people that hurt us. We see people that break us. We see things that are not right. But when we still can still love, when we can still respect people, there must be a change. Things need to change. Amen? And here's the thing. That confidence I'm speaking about is, it says here, through your life union with Jesus, the anointed one, who is to receive all glory forever and ever. Whatever we're doing on this earth... We are eternity-minded, and we're doing it for God. We're doing it for Jesus. If I had to do it for people, I would have failed miserably. <laughs> now listen what John 4 verse 6 says, and it says, Jesus answered, it says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So obviously with our theme for this month, the great shepherd, Jesus gives us three things here. He says, I'm the way. So, as sheep, we should follow Christ. Amen? Then it says here, I'm the truth. Now, what does the truth do? It sets you free. What does the truth set you free from? Well, whatever lies the enemy and things the enemy wants to bring against you, the truth sets you free about all those times where you are sitting in that arena of doubt, thinking that you are not good enough, that you won't be able to make it, that this won't be able to... Uh, Elevate to anything else. But it says here in John 8.36, If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Then the last one is, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus got a plan for your life. There's a destiny. There's a purpose. For you to be actually a world changer. Come on, don't think I'm just going to change one person. If you've got that mindset that you're going to be a world changer, come on. We're going to change the world. Amen. So our Savior Jesus knows the way and he wants us to lead us right into the right way. You know, I've found many times in my life there are a lot of ways that you can go. 
And I found that it's a lot easier to find the lucky way, you know, where it's nice. It's easy. I don't really have to put in a lot of things into that because it's nice. It's comfortable. It's a lucky way. Say lucky way. You know, it sounds even lucky. Eh? But here's the thing. It's not the right way. The lucky way will keep you lucky always, but it will not keep you on the right way. And Jesus said, I am the way. And I think for myself, I was getting my mindset and say, listen, hey, this is, might not be easy. It might not even be comfortable. But it's the right way. When we start stepping into and digging our heels in a bit and say, hey, I will not alter and move from the right way. I will stay stuck in it. And sometimes we want to make a U-turn very quickly. That's exactly the time where you still need to push through and push on. Amen? So the author of Hebrews referred to God as the God of peace. And it's because God really wants us to have peace in Him. You know, I want to fall asleep at night with peace. It doesn't matter how the storms are going on around us. When I can have peace in my heart, whatever is... All the storms of life surround me. If I can just have peace in that moment. Because you know what? When, when I have peace, I can really think clearly. And I can act clearly. Instead of feeling um, in such a, a state of mind where you, you want to act, but you just, don't have, you, you just don't know which way to go. But here's the thing. You know, God wants to give us peace in Hebrews 13, but it also wants us to have peace with others. The thing is, you can have the most amazing peace in your life, that abundance, but if you can't apply it and can't give it to anyone else or have peace with other people, it's really not going to help you a lot. It's not going to go all the way. So listen to what Romans 5 verse 1 says out of the TPT. It says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us Flawless in his eyes. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. So this means we can now enjoy the true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. So God wants us to have peace for ourselves and peace with each other. Then the next one is, so I'm just going to give you a few characteristics of a great shepherd, which is Jesus. And it can maybe just um, put you on the right road as well. So the first thing is, Jesus gives us peace. A shepherd should always give you peace. Amen. Then the second thing it says, then the peace of God rules our heart. Then the God of peace equips us with everything good for doing his will. So Jesus equips us. How did he equip us? Well, he died on the cross. His body, the blood that we can apply every day in our lives. Come on. <laughs> the next one is, he's the, author, the author mentioned Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep. So out of his great commandments, Jesus came into the world and served all kinds of sinners. And finally, he gave his life for us. So Jesus served. And he didn't only serve for his friends, he served for the godly and the ungodly. Amen? We should do the same. Then the fourth one is, 
as a great shepherd, Jesus protected, protects us from our enemies. He guides us in the way of peace. And he feeds us with the living word of God. So Jesus brings us to the kingdom of God as well. But he guides us, he protects us, and he feeds us. And then what I love about number five is the word great shepherd indicate that he is the perfect example to follow. That, that we are to be the shepherds under him so that we all may follow him together because Jesus leads. A great shepherd leads us. So when we look at people superficially, all of us need guidance. All of us need a bit of tutoring, depending on what area in your life. I know sometimes my wife needs a bit of tutoring how to make great food. What time it needs to be at the table, you know. Is it following my extensive diet that I have, you know, to keep this body in this shape, you know. And man needs sustenance, ladies, you know. So, so here's the thing, you know. Hey guys, you missed a great opportunity for an amen. Eh? So here's the other thing is, you know, yeah, a little bit. We'll, 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 we'll declare that victory in their lives right now in Jesus' name. So listen, I don't know if you're going to go with your wife home now. Um, after, uh, But there's obviously, as a Christian lady, there's always, there always need to be a higher level of, of cooking. You know? Come on. Come on. And then from our side, there's always that higher level of grace and mercy that we need to apply as well, you know. So, <laughs> so anyway, I need to uh, keep going here. But here's the thing. People need, in whatever area, people need guidance. People need tutoring. But here's the thing. Deep in their souls, I want, they are seeking desperately for a shepherd. I want to say people come thirsty for the truth. They are hungry for God's love. And actually they are wondering, not knowing the meaning and direction of life. And actually they are perishing in their sins. We were all there. You know, as I was preparing for this message. So let me just finish. So people are perishing because of their sins. And who can help them? Jesus can. We can be that voice. We can, we can connect the dots for that people. But you know, as I was preparing for this message, I was, I was re- reminded of the prodigal son. Now, you all know the story. He left his father's house, uh, squandered all his money. But what stood out for me is in that sinful time, he was, it was acceptable for him. To stay with the pigs. It was acceptable for him. It was acceptable for him to actually eat the pigs' food. And how many times in our lives was it acceptable for us to stay with the pigs? You know, come on. We all had sin. We all have sin. But when it, here's a problem that I have. When it gets acceptable staying with pigs. When it gets acceptable eating food, where you are actually victorious in Christ, that you are a winner, that God has set you up for something amazing, but you settle for the pig food. You settle for the pig pen. You know, that's, 
why we, we're pushing so forward with this G12. Because we are seeing people every day hurt. And there's no one picking them up. And I don't know if you realize, but our volume of people are just growing. The population is growing. So if we don't start now, it might just be too late. And here's the thing, and I love this, is you know what? Every believer a leader. Why is every believer a leader? Because you're going to take responsibility over your household. And you are a leader already. If you are in Christ, you've been set up. Come on, guys. And now, yeah, the other thing is, and every leader, disciple maker. Because there's a destiny, there's a purpose for your life. It's not just about you. Come on, say, it's not just about me. We're going to be world changers in this world. I want to I I be this generation that sets up the next generation for victory, for goodness. And I tell you, they were going to say, hey, the guys in 2023, when they started praying, there was a movement forming. I could feel the anointment of God moving. When they start praying, praying in tongues, the earth start to shatter. The enemy starts running. Just a thought. So it says in 1 Peter 5 verse 2 to 3 out of the TPT, it says, Be compassionate shepherds who tenderly care for God's flock and who feeds them well. Not just feeds them, feeds them well. And you have the responsibility to guide, to protect and oversee. Consider it a joyous pleasure and not merely, hey, come on, a religious duty. Because there, will no be, there, will, there can't be any fruits or seeds when you do it out of a religion. I've never seen it happen and I don't think I will ever will. Because you're doing it because you're doing it for other people. If you're religious, you're doing it for someone else. If you are doing it relationship-wise, you're doing it for Christ. That's why I'm here. Whatever that people say or bring against me, whatever false accusations, I'm still going to carry on. I'm still going to give them the word. I love, I love what uh, Pastor Mario said is, you know, when they would go into a school, he asked his pastor, Pastor Bert, and he, Pastor Bert said to him, you know what, you go into that school and you speak the truth. And if they chase you out there, that's also fine, but that's your job. You're going to speak the truth. You know, we're getting so used to lies, and we're getting so used to people um, not saying it straight, but bending it a little bit. And when you start bending things, it just keeps on bending. Let's try and keep the word straight. Let's keep it original, what it's intended to do. Amen. And it says here, so don't be controlling tyrant, but lead, lead others by your beautiful examples of the flock. So your light needs to shine for people to see it and to follow you and to trust you. And it says then, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. There's a reward for you, my brother. There's a reward for you, my sister in heaven. A crown of glory that will never fade away. Amen. So in Psalm 23, getting back to that, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Look to the person next to you and tell them, I lack nothing. The point I want to make here, and I had it totally wrong in the first service, this 
you all know the story about the Samaritan woman. So in the first service, I said she had five uh, wives, which is totally not true. She had five husbands. Yeah. Thank you for graciously accepting my uh, excuse. So this Samaritan woman had thought that if she had the right husband, she would be satisfied. So she tried different men, and eventually she had five. Actually, when Jesus spoke to her, she was looking out for number six already. Amen? But here's the thing. Like her, many people are seeking to be satisfied through something. People are seeking to be satisfied through either romance, money, fame, power, pleasure, and the like. But they are never satisfied with what the, even with the, when they get what they wanted. And it's because, that's just my version of it, it's because people are made in the image of God. The only one that can satisfy you is God, is Jesus, is the Holy Spirit. Because we are created in Him. We are created like Him. There's a likeness. We are like Him. It's, it's like saying, you know, a lion can't, cannot be a buck. You can take the most beautiful lion put it in the most beautiful, luscious green pastures, it's going to die there, even in that scenic grass, because it can't eat grass. It needs the right meat to sustain itself. The same with the buck, vice versa. But here's the thing. When you get to realize it's only God's presence that can satisfy the human soul. I love what Augustine said. He said, Man, God made man with an empty place inside that only God can fill. And man is a restless wanderer on the earth until he finds his rest in God. Amen. See, here's my thing. We too can be satisfied with God. We too can be satisfied and know that we will be filled with his presence, with his love. And we too can say, like David, and I really think he understood the whole aspect, we too can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing because I've got him inside of me. John 4.14 says, But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again. And here's the thing. They will be satisfied. For how long? Forever. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. What I say about the cup, God, God's not going to give you a half a cup. He can only give you the, His fullness and greatness in each and everything of your life. Amen. John 6.35 says, Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. But here's the thing, come every day to me. And you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. But it says here, come to me. Amen. Are you getting some help today? How's my English this morning? Is it lacquer? Oh. I spoke about tutoring, so I need probably some English tutor lessons. My wife is actually quite good. She normally um, 
changes these things, not changes, but puts the right words in front of the right ones. And hey, I only started speaking English in 2007, so I'm not too bad. I, yeah, sorry. So, okay, let me get your attention back again. So here's the thing, guys. The world is changing day by day. Our value systems, our lifestyles, our ways of communication, every area of our lives of this world is changing rapidly. And usually it's not for the better. It's usually for the worst. I don't know. And you know, here's the thing. We pray, for our, we, we pray to God and we say, Lord, heal our land. Heal this country. Make it right. Stop all this corruption. But here's the thing. We stopped respecting the laws of this country. We stopped respecting people. We stopped loving this country. We stopped loving this people of this country. Can you see how big division it's sowing just on that two points? Because we want to bend things sometimes. Listen to this now. So I was... (laughs) I was driving on my bike to Shelley, and there were about 30 cars in front of me, in front of the toll booth. So as I entered down, I was still, I think, car number 24, well, 24 cars in front of me. So if you look to the right, there's like a little nice gap there, which you can easily pass with a motorbike. They actually use it for the bicycles to go through. Now, I was sitting there with, in full gear, I was sweating profusely. Um, I think the people hooted because they thought it was my radiator, radiator leaking. No, no, that came out of my shoes and my boots. Because here's the thing, if you're not riding, the air conditioning is really not working. So I started to feel a little bit sorry for myself. And I thought, you know, Lord, would you really open up that small space for me just to pass through there? Will you give me that favor just today? And actually... You know, I, felt, I started feeling a bit stupid because the guys, the people in the cars, they were like, hey, are you stupid? Take the shortcut. Why would you sit here now? You know, so I'm hearing all these voices saying, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You can do it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. I want to do that. But here's my thing. When I get on that bike and, and I ride with it and... My wife for my kids, I pray and say, Lord, thank you for blessing me. Thank you for protecting me on this motorcycle. Now, how do I want God to bless me and keep me if I'm breaking rules left, right, and center? Does it, does it, it just doesn't make sense in my books, eh? In Romans 12, it says, we easily and naturally want to conform to this world. But when we put our heels in and say, listen, no. The world will conform to my Lord Jesus. The Lord will conform to his kingdom, not the other way around. Amen. So Jesus is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know why I had this in my notes, but I need you to know that, that Jesus is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his truth and grace never change and are always effective for our salvation. Amen. So John 8.12 says, Then Jesus said, I'm the light to this world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving life. And they will never, ever walk in darkness. 
This world, even though this, the lights are on, there are so many of us walking in darkness. There's so many of us that's walking in fear every day over things. And my brother and my sister, if I can pray for you to, to step out of that fear and start trusting and believing, and I'm not saying that you aren't, but you know what, it's just a mindset that you will not allow the enemy anymore into your life. Don't let that doubt creep, steal, kill, and destroy. You know, I love how the word says, no weapon formed. It's just forming. It cannot prosper. The moment you allow it, it might. But it's just forming. That weapon is just forming. So when we stop it, in Jesus' mighty name, when we apply the blood, when we apply and we work, let the, the word of God work in our lives, nothing can come against you. Sorry, sir. Sorry, ma'am. That's just how it is. Do you think Jesus fought the battle just halfway for us? No, no, no. He came all the way. And we know because he said it is finished. So he finishes. He finished what he started. Amen. So when we hold on to Jesus, we can resist the trends of this world and grow to be like him. And when we imitate Jesus, he strengthens us to run this race that we face every day with faith to the end, to finish. Amen. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus and imitate him. I'm drawing to my close now. The last section that I just want to share with you comes out of Psalm 23, verses 5 and 6. And it says there, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Now just to give you a recap quickly. In the, in the Middle East, in the ancient days, if you were chased by the enemy, you couldn't run to Mesa or Wolf or to the police station. just wasn't there for all the young ones. So here's the thing. If you had to find refuge in someone's house which are powerful... You know, that would be able to keep you up. And what I love about this is, and that person where you entered his house, he would protect you. So the enemies could only see you from outside. They had to wait outside the house for you to enter. They couldn't touch you. And I love how this, how the authors in Psalms, it says, I'm running ahead of myself. The enemy continually accuses us about our weaknesses. And he tortures us about that. And he wants us to feel guilty and shameful. But here's the thing. The Lord gives us victory over all the work of the enemy. And he helps us to celebrate this victory with a feast that our enemies can only see from the outside, through the window. The Lord's table is filled with the richest dishes which we can enjoy in the full assurance of the Lord's protection and blessings for our lives. So the Lord anoints our heads, the Lord anoints our head with oil, and the cup of happiness, blessing, and victory will be overflowing over your life. You see, David realized that through all of life's experiences, the Lord was his shepherd. And the Lord was his host as well. And he considered the grace of the Lord was his confidence. And that's why I said, surely your goodness 
and love will follow me all the days of my life. So he surrendered himself to the Lord, confessing, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. So let's bow our heads as, we, uh, as I'd like to just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would protect each and every person from any harm, disease, accidents, and accusations that the enemy might form against them, even in the darkest valleys. Lord, I pray that you would provide all necessary things for us so we may abound in your good works. Lord, I pray that you would guide us along the right path for your name's sake. And Lord, I pray that you may grant us the victory in every aspect of our life so we may give you glory. And Lord, that you will be our shepherd for each and every one of us, but also for this amazing and beautiful nation. Amen. Well, every head is bowed. Let's just stay in that attitude. Maybe you're standing here this morning and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, I would really love to pray for you and just guide you into the prayer of salvation. By simply raising your hand, I would now I can pray for you. Maybe you're standing here and you're not sure that if anything would happen to you today, if you would die today, are you sure that your, your name is written in the book of life? If that's you this morning, I don't want you to go out this house with any doubt. By simply raising your hand, I will know to pray for you. I'm just going to count to three. One, two, three. Anyone here this morning? Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Is there anyone that want to join this, our brother in Christ? I know it takes a bit of confidence. It makes, it, it takes a little bit. But you'll just feel inside your heart that anointing, just something th- saying to you, yes, I'm calling you back. I'm calling you back into my kingdom. Thank you so much. If you don't mind, thank you, sir. If you don't mind just standing up where you are right now and just moving to the back of the auditorium, one of our pastors would love to pray for you and I would just love to lead you in the prayer of salvation as well. Would you do that for me? Thank you. You can, if you don't mind, just move to the back. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him a praise of and of applause. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just wait there with William, Pastor William. I'd love to just pray for you. Let's just bow our heads and just pray the prayer of salvation. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning just as I am, just a sinner. But I believe. That Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That you raised him from the dead, Lord. And that he, uh, and you, that Jesus laid down his life for me. Thank you for receiving me today, Lord. And as I dedicate my rest of my life to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. For saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.